Welcome to Earthlight Cafe podcast. I'm Sienna. And I'm Senna. And we are going to be talking about, uh, the title is You Are a Divine Creator. What are you creating in 2021? Yeah, we are so excited. We have our first guest um, on this podcast. Her name is Shaw Wild. She is a singer, songwriter, music producer, and yoga healer. She has a background in theology, photography, filmmaking. She is currently learning how to DJ, hosting yoga and ecstatic dance gatherings in her studio. She's based in Seattle, Washington. She's also offering online yoga classes, coaching other artists, and preparing to release her new album, Warm Enough to Be Barefoot. Cute. I love that. <laughs> her music is inspired by the wilderness divine feminine psychedelics chakras fantasy and magic mm. Uh, mm. i had the pleasure of meeting shaw yesterday when i was picking up some belongings at a friend's house and uh the the divine energy just came to be to speak about we're doing a podcast and this is what we're talking about and she's like <gasps> <laughs> I have some great things to share. So um, I'm super excited. We'll dive into the energetic update and then we're going to speak about um, how are we the divine creators of our own realities and essentially our effect on the collective and this earth. So a lot of that also is our, our childlike creativity being a beautiful source and one of the most potent powers in the universe. And um, so we'll, we'll be discussing that today and we'll be ending with just some reflection on 2020 and mm -hmm. some intention setting and also offering some prompts for your reflection, some ceremony um, ideas of just honoring your year and we will dive in. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Well, first let's, let's go ahead and uh, before we get into the energetic updates, I'd love to uh, let Shaw say a big hello and uh, anything that you have to say to welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for being <laughs> for being. <laughs> hello. Thank you. Actually, I really like that. Thank you so much for being. Yeah. Yeah. I as soon as I said that, I was like, yeah, I love that. <laughs> oh, it's a nice greeting. I think I'll use that from now on. Um, yeah, this feels very serendipitous or synchronistic. So like we said before, I've been walking around thinking how um, this coming year, I'm really excited to be on other people's podcasts yes. and to step into other people's worlds mm. rather than always crafting my own. Like I, I'm always creating things. And so I'm kind of on an adventure now to be like, what are you guys creating? Can I, <laughs> can I get in there and see and share? Yeah. So that's what I'm really excited about is to like, like learn from whatever you're about to say on this podcast <laughs> and then participate so thank you for letting me come in yes yeah I really do feel the connection is coming like that is something that's been really downloading with me is connect 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 build your tribe build the people that you're around the friendships the families like get to know others so I'm totally in a line with that shot it feels absolutely truth that's coming <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it's because we've all been so combined <laughs> right we're all like hello 
Hi, how you doing, stranger? Yeah. Yeah. It's like when we have things taken away, we realize the value of them. Absolutely. So the isolation heightening, not like, geez, I miss, you know, I miss these events that I went to, or I miss these little things. There's lots of things to miss, but I see like the number one thing is I miss connection. It's mm-hmm. like a, a deeper, like this is missing and it's not acceptable that it's missing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, what would you like to Oh, I was just going to also touch on that. Yeah. And numerology 2020 was a four year, a year of, um, it was really our foundation. And in so many ways we saw a dismantling of foundation and, and, but what's also really great too was, um, it was an opportunity to rebuild our own foundation internally. And we're going to be seeing this more and more globally as we've, opened our eyes and have this new awakened energy. Um, so many beautiful souls and lights all around the world have been um, breaking into this new consciousness, this new level of possibility, reality, and uh, just a, a new timeline and truth that we can shift into all together collectively yeah. and this new paradigm. and. So all the seeds that we've planted in our four foundational year was so beautiful is we get to see some of those things finally manifest. And, you know, those seeds are starting to sprout over this next year. And we're going to have a big shift in perspective, our five-year 2021. So when you add up the numbers of two, two and one, zero. Um, Yeah. So I guess this is actually a good segue. So our energetic update. um, So we, we, technically started age of Aquarius earlier in the year and but as we've had this great conjunction last week which was so powerful <laughs> so much fun <laughs> oh my gosh did you feel that Sha? did you feel any energetic oh, yeah. I had a shit storm <laughs> <laughs> hey you know you'll throw throw anything at you right <laughs> so we have our two biggest planets in our solar system Saturn and Jupiter uh, they they came conjunct, which they hadn't been visible and, and the closest that they've been in over 800 years. Yeah. And so they were at zero degrees Aquarius. So that means that they have shifted officially into the age of Aquarius. And so now the only other planet, questionable planet, Pluto, <laughs> in our solar system will be officially in the age of Aquarius in 2023. But um, these big entities of, of our energy and um, conscious uh, influences, we have them officially in Age of Aquarius. So um, this beautiful conjunction that we got to experience uh, on solstice last Monday. Mm-hmm. Nope, Monday. It was this, what nope. day is it? Nope. It was last Monday. It was last Monday. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and time is irrelevant. <laughs> Well, we're hanging out in the 40 right now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, okay. So, uh, what's, what's this age of Aquarius? It's a new upbringing and leveling up of humanitarian, it's technology, it's this, this new age, this, as I was just describing. 
And uh, something that we're experiencing this past week as well is that uh, sun and Mercury has moved into Capricorn. Mm -hmm. And so this is the time that things are getting real. Our, our spiritual work, especially star seeds, light workers, people that are bringing their, um, their light and channels online. Mm -hmm. It is, it's getting real. This is where we're grounding. Capricorn is all about being practical and in the physical realm. So we're bringing our higher self into the physical more and more each and every day. <laughs> and tomorrow we're going to be experiencing a full moon in Capricorn, December 29th. And so this is going to be bringing up a lot of emotional pressure. Maybe some child patterns are coming up to a peak. And the question around this full moon and great reflection is, are you ready to become your most powerful self? Cool. Yeah. And overall, all these incredible happenings in 2020, so many alignments. We, oh my God, we haven't even talked about the solar eclipse that happened as well. <laughs> there was a lot. There's been a lot happening. It's been <laughs> one for the history books for sure. But a question that we can ask ourselves and that we'll talk a little bit later on this podcast as well, is how can you maximize this gateway of light? The conjunction that we experienced last week was this gateway of light. And in my own meditations, I've just been, oh, I've just been like feeling it. And um, it's just been just a really wonderful, um, just been getting wonderful downloads and um things have been moving through too. So things have been coming up and I've been having certain triggers that I've had to release as well. So totally makes sense if you're having a shit storm as well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a bit about how we can maximize this gateway of light, these new timelines and templates that are becoming available and are online for us now. Fantastic. Yeah. I think that that's a really great segue to uh Shah, i would love to ask you is there anything that calls to you that you think would be good for the full moon like any questions that come to you that would feel in alignment for the collective no pressure my darling yeah curveball um <laughs> i know i just take that silence for a second to see. yeah yeah based on what you just said about power I'm, I'm feeling a question rising up in myself that is, what do you need to let go of so that there's room for that power mm -hmm. rather than accumulating? Yeah. Like I want more power. I want more, more, more. It's actually empty out. So there's space for the power, mm. like mm. spaciousness. Um, yeah, and that's so yeah. relevant to, that's interesting, that's so relevant to our society's mindset that we're shifting out of, right? Because the previous mindset was, we never have enough power, we have never enough, and we never, like, whatever, and so then we had to start shifting and we still are, of course, of the feeling of reflecting on like what we do have and appreciating what we have. And then looking at the things that we have and saying, well, does this thing represent me anymore? Or do I need to let it go to add something else in new that 
can, it's all in the same power. We're, none of it has left us or like come back to us or anything like that. It's all there. It just needs like a little igniting, right? So I love that. Yeah. That's a great. Yeah. I'm also seeing a vision of a beach mm. or a field or like an open space. I've been really called to open spaces recently. And it's because um, it's they have, well, the, in that space, there's space to stretch out, space to take up space. Mm. And so that feeling of like discovering just how much power you have, you need space to let it expand. And uh, I often think of dragons and a dragon in a little cage any animal in a cage might not realize how wide its wingspan is because it never gets to expand the wings. Oh. So it's not until you take it to the open space and you're like, okay, little dragon, like you're in a field, like figure out just how powerful you are now. So that's cool. That's why I think I, I think of the space and letting go. It's like, let go of the cage so you can go into open space and feel that power dragon. yeah yeah <laughs> that's the movie i've been watching with my toddlers <laughs> oh we all hopefully i mean i definitely know that but i'm also a nanny so there's that <laughs> yes that's beautiful i love that that's really cool i've been really attracted to beaches too recently my visions have been a lot of beaches mm. i was just yeah. at the beach my witch my witch group has been meeting up in the beach and my visions like we all energetically just meet up and mm, have our nice. circle there yeah so that's I been really nice it. yeah i didn't know that yeah um, so. i think this is actually a great segue we're yes. talking about this divinity within us our power and creating space for it and also yeah essentially dreaming dreaming up our our, our reality and, and tapping into what it is that we are ready to um you know, let go of, release, and what seeds or what we're, we're ready to pour more attention into. Um, so something that came up when we were talking, when I was thinking about, and we we're talking about like uh, what to do this podcast topic on, uh, a big thing that came up for me over this past couple of weeks has been, um, yeah, this, this, this creativity, and especially our, our, how the childlike creativity, that pure joy and, and the undoubtable like faith and belief and, and truth and, and, um, and love that a child and that innocence that a child can encompass and that light that they bring is one of the most potent universal forces. And that is, I love by the way, before we started, we, we did um, a little meditation just to sync up and uh, Sienna invited in and offered us to invite in our, 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 our inner children. And I love that immediately. I saw just this, this blue light just glow and, and she's just in me and she's like, yeah, let's create, <laughs> let's dance, let's play and let's just shine our light. <laughs> So I'm really happy to, to bring some play into this too. Yeah. Um, I recently did a uh, child creativity healing temple meditation um, that Shaman Derek, we've mentioned him before in a previous podcast. 
um, had offered. And it was just a really gorgeous just meditation of, yeah, remembering what, what we used to do when we were children. What have we forgotten or left mm. back then? And maybe touching in with our, ch- our children, like what is it that we can bring and into into our daily lives now yeah you know it's really funny that go for it uh is I'm really for a while I was super nerdy about entrepreneurship stuff so I would just follow all the self-help books of entrepreneur stuff and um one of the biggest questions you would always get on all their podcasts all their books everything of that manner is that question where it's like well when you were a kid if you can think back to when you were a kid, what got you excited to do? What did you want to do back then? And imagine that feeling that you had back then. Where did it resonate? Where did it come from? It may, like for me, I have an earlier one, but the one that comes up to mind right now is like, I loved selling chocolate bars, you know, in high school. In junior high. <laughs> so like, like um, they would have chocolate bar sales to make for choir so that we could go on a field trip. And I would get really competitive and really into it. And I would trade. Like if I was selling more of a chocolate bar than somebody else, then I would go to them and be like, let's just trade these chocolate bars so that we can sail. And then whoever made the most chocolate bar sales got a reward at the end. And so that was always really exciting for me. And, um, and so when asked that question, I was like, well, I don't want to go selling chocolate bars per se, (laughs) you know? But what it did for me was it allowed me to connect with strangers. It allowed me to kind of get out of my comfort zone and like try to promote something that was really exciting, which was supporting my choir. And I absolutely loved my choir. And uh, it allowed me to uh, kind of get creative and, and switch it up and stuff. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of funny that those align with the entrepreneurship and with the spirituality just I mean I feel like that just makes sense but also for somebody that maybe doesn't put those two and two together it's yeah all correlating I love that so. also your child's like a boss <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> so maybe that'd be fun what what Shaw do you have any like childhood memory of like a moment in your childhood that you felt just super aligned or awesome feeling I know. Uh, yeah, I've got quite a few. And I spend a lot of time with my inner children. There's many of them, not just Oh, one. cool. Really? Um, How intriguing. And yeah. And it's when you said that this podcast episode was going to explore inner chi- children or, you know, the inner child, that's when I was like, I'd like to be participating um, because this concept is fascinating to me. Um, my memory that's coming up first um, is <laughs> so I've written, I'm a writer, and I saw Bridget Jones's Diary when I was 12. And you guys know that movie? Mm-mm, I don't. I know of that. I don't think I ever watched it. How old are you? 
How old are you guys? We're 28. <laughs> okay, that's not that different. I'm 32. Maybe right. it's just more niche or something. But uh, Bridget Jones's diary is about a woman who decides to start journaling. Mm. And it, and it's the whole movie revolves around her journal. And of course, there's drama with like someone else can read her journal and what happens, you know? Um, so after seeing that movie, I just thought that was so cool. And I think like that night or the next day, I found a journal and I started writing and I've kept a journal ever since. Um, that's kind of my first memory writing, but I have a lot of memories of childhood that revolve around writing. Like I would come up to my mom. I remember her sitting at her desk on her computer or something. And I was like, give me an assignment. Like pretend I'm a, I'm a journalist. She's like, okay, you've got 30 minutes to write me a newspaper article about the European Union and the money, like the, the economy happening over there. And I was like, okay. And I, like ran, I'd, I ran away and I'd spent, set my timer to 30 minutes and I got on Google, which was like the early days of Google <laughs> and um, used my, my, my computer and I printed off an article and came back and it was printed off with clip art and, or maybe internet photos. I don't know. Um, and that was a really fun game for me. It was the challenge of give me a topic and I'll write you a article. That's so cute. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And it's that joy you're talking about where I wasn't, there was no like, this has to be perfect or this is a type of work or anything. It was just pure, like, this is so fun. It was like playing tag or, or a racing game. It was that adrenaline of like, can I do this? Yeah. And totally. getting to learn. Um, and I think also the joy of impressing my mom. Because I knew that she would be like, damn, that's impressive. <laughs> I was like, look what I did. <laughs> You're like, I know. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. Awesome. That's the first one that pops into my mind. That's I amazing. <laughs> so I, I think it'd be great for you to tell one. And then yeah. let's go back to them. Unless you're I'm feeling so curious. Yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> go yeah. back to, if you don't mind, after she tells hers, mm -hmm. come back to your inner child. Yeah. So I, I think that the, the most common thread throughout my whole life, even when I was really, really young, I remember like, I just, I, I've always loved drawing. Um, I've always loved drawing people. Like people are so interesting to me and trees, I, people and trees. <laughs> Cute. And um, yeah, like I remember in kindergarten, like making pictures and um I think that's also like one of my biggest wounds too, was just the times where like one of my drawings um, was, I, I was drawing in charcoal and uh, I, was, I was thinking, I was in high school at the time. And um, it's actually one of my most favorite pictures I've ever done because I put so much of my heart and soul into it. And my best work comes apparently when I'm sad. <laughs> And, um, and I got charcoal in the, in the carpet and my dad came in and I was a scapegoat for something and he kicked it around and oh, it no. just fucked up my painting. I totally swore. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And, um, yeah, I remember that being soul crushing yeah. and, and 
I guess I bring this up because this was something that I lost for years, especially when I fell into this ego mindset of, you know, having to get a corporate job and thinking that this was the right thing that I had to do and to be successful. And I couldn't pursue art for college. Um, but then something, and then every once in a while, it's like every time it came back to myself, I found my art again. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, I just realized. So years ago, I did a painting of this little girl on a bed and she's just like, kind of like kissing her, her teddy bear. And it just was just, that was my inner child. I always thought it was the little girl that I was going to have, but that was my inner child. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Oh, I just realized that. That's so sweet. That's so cool. (laughs) Um, And so it's interesting. Then motherhood came. So I kind of, that kind of fell off for a bit, but then this year, art has come back and this playfulness has come back full-fledged and um so yeah I I think that's really interesting and and maybe Mm -hmm. that might be an open discussion as well of like maybe what are the things that that you know um can affect and inhibit that that remembering Mm -hmm. and or how do you get back into that right yeah you should type that I got it in my head. You got it? Okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But Beautiful. Have you guys ever worked with the artist way? No. What is that? No. Cool. All right. So the artist way is a book. It's written by Julia Cameron. And I lead a book club of people who go through it. Sarah Susan, that one. Oh. Um, it's a recovery process. So just like 12 step recovery, but it's for artists and creativity and spirituality. Mm. And that's why I get so excited about the inner child work because essentially that book is not the only book that dives into it, but that's probably the most famous book. Mm-hmm. And it's known worldwide and used by artists. Most famous artists you've ever heard of probably went through that book because mm. it's a step-by-step um, let's go back and reconnect you with your inner child who loves to play and create and figure out whatever's blocking them or whatever happened that blocked them and will get you all grown up as an artist. Mm. The concept is that you got to grow up, like your body got to age, but your child, your artist child may have been blocked and never got to do the full growing. So what we want is adults with mature artists inside of them not artist children that were de- de- delayed in their growth right there's still like the childlike artist child inner child that's always like a spirit that's in there but that's very different than like a child that wished that it knows how to be an adult artist because mm. the adult artist is the artist that knows how to make money that knows how to publish that knows how to get it out there rather than just hiding it and wishing it knew how to create mm. and you know um It's like learning the adult, learning how to be an artist as an adult versus a child. Fantastic. I'm so going to check that out. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I think my child's like a teenager. teenager? My artist child, she's like a teenager. She's like, yeah, I got got some cool stuff. But but I kind of want to take some more art classes and... And I kind of want to figure out how to be a boss and somehow make money out of this. 
I would definitely I'm say going Italy. again. So I'm just a little anxious. <laughs> I would definitely say mine is just exactly. That's that exactly what like. For sure. <laughs> it's okay though. That is super interesting. I don't even like go into the artists like stuff. And so I would, that I feel like would be healing nonetheless. Because mm -hmm. I took on some of my dad's interpretations yeah. of art. Yeah. Because he he's an artist. So I grew up with the memories, my fond memories of him in the art studio. I was there while he was doing art mm -hmm. and seeing his work and just empathetically because I am an empath so I was able to like read what he was going through so that's always fun so that's really cool thank you so much and we'll definitely put that in the show notes for anybody that's yes. watching this um that's that's an amazing tool thank you for pointing that out yeah that's probably the biggest thing I could contribute to most people <laughs> just read that book <laughs> and do everything in that book that's another thing. Like I coach people through this and it's very common that people will read it. But then when there's like a task or an exercise or an assignment, they're like, I get the idea. I don't need to actually do it. Yeah. It doesn't no, like that. <laughs> it doesn't like, I will catch myself being like, I, I get it. I could see what that task would do for me. And I almost skip it. And then without a doubt, every time I'm like, do it. And at the end of the exercise, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad I did that. That changed everything. Awesome. Even though it's usually because what you, what you anticipate it's going to do for you is the surface level that you can already see and actually doing the task gets you deeper down to the layer you couldn't see. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. And I'm so called out on that too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of us are, and it's that exactly what you're talking about where we have a tendency to just assume that we know because we know the surface level truth. Mm -hmm. And so it's a scapegoat and it's less scary that way than to actually step in and go through that process. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would love to hear more about, yeah, your, your experience with inner children, plural. Yeah. That's Very really excited cool. about that. And then also um just in general like yeah how either if you want to point on the artist way how it affected you or you as an artist that just we were speaking yesterday and just creation oozes out of you and you gave me some awesome tips on kind of mm -hmm. how to organize yourself when you have all these ideas and everything anything that you want to touch on or express or um share about your journey as a as a um entrepreneur and creative and artist coach um the platform is yours cool um so before about maybe four months ago i just thought of myself as having one artist child inner child um it's kind of like a vague entity like a glowy orb feeling you're just like oh like there's something warm and fuzzy inside let's call it a child. Um, and I think it's really linked with memory. Like you remember what it feels like to be a child. So you're trying to summon that feeling again. And then you create it as like a little personality inside of you so that you can have a relationship with, with it rather than it just being a feeling. So you can actually feel like you're spending time with someone. It's, it's you're using your imagination. 
is what's happening. You're pretending there's a child inside of you because there isn't actually. <laughs> um, like your brain has matured and moved on and now your adult brain is like, mm, my imagination is powerful and we can like take pieces of our memory to like create a little character that will make it feel like we're playing with a child. Because when we play with children, they bring us back into that energy, right? So it's the power of our imagination to have our own imaginary friend who is a child that is inspired <laughs> by us. Um, when I started doing IFS therapy about three or four months ago, it's internal family systems therapy, also known as parts therapy. And I'm seeing a therapist in that. And then I've also started deep diving into researching it and I'm interested in training in it myself. Um, that's when the feeling of the inner child multiplied into children. <laughs> oh. um, that style of therapy is you go inside and you explore around and you start to realize that we're actually, there's a lot of parts that we're made of. Like there's a part of me that on this podcast feels really comfortable talking about this stuff. And then there'll be another part of me that's more business-minded that would be thinking about how would I use this to market my business? How am I being portrayed? How am I representing myself? And then there's another part of me that's like maybe more vain and thinking about like, how do I look? Or how am I presented? Or there's another part of me that's like, I don't really wanna be doing this. I'd rather be getting a massage or taking a bath. <laughs> like the, all those different feelings can exist at the same time. Like you can be loving something for one reason and hating it for another reason. Mm -hmm. um, I can see that also in my work. Like I'll be sitting at the piano and a part of me will be like, yes, I love playing piano. I'm expressing myself and I'm, a, I'm an artist and I'm flamboyant here and I'm free. And another part of me is like, this is so boring. I'd rather be out in the wilderness or something. Like I don't want to be sitting inside. Why are you sitting inside? It's a sunny day. And then there's another part of me that's really like a hard ass. And it's like, no, you need to like practice your scales, get better. You don't get to go play outside. You have goals, accomplish them. And like, it's all those voices in your head. And with IFS, it's seeing those voices and getting to know them better. So they actually start to take a form. Like, what do you look like? Like that, that bossy voice that says, practice your scales, you got go you've got goals to accomplish. If I turn to it and I say, what do you look like? Or how old are you? Then it'll start to answer because mm -hmm. your imagination will start to give you um, responses. And so some parts of us are more adult-like and some parts of us are more childlike. And if there's trauma or something happening at a certain moment in our life, we can have a part of us that kind of gets frozen at a certain age. And that's where we have these like children that were being creative and something discouraging happened. And then they shut down and kind of turn into this part of us that's afraid to create. Mm -hmm. So it's through this therapy where I started to explore and was like, oh, this is cool. I've got all these parts and I've actually got like multiple children. In a sense, they're all me. It's not that they're really different, but they're different but they start to feel more like a family. That's why it's called um, internal family systems. Mm. Oh, So cool. it gets really interesting. And um, you can, it's a lot of visualization. 
and you know, you imagine if you're in a room, like right now, the three of us are in a room together. If one of us left and there was just two of us sitting here together, it would be a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. And if a fourth person entered, it would be a different dynamic. And you see that in families, like if it's the parents with one kid versus if it's just one parent with the kid, like the relationships and the interactions and the energy in the room is totally different. So we, it's starting to learn that about ourselves. Like, what is it like when I'm in the room with the part of me that wants to be out in the wilderness and the part of me that wants me to practice piano scales? How do they get along? Do they fight? Or do they actually like understand each other? And can I find a way to get everybody inside of me to get along? Mm, that's beautiful. So um, that's kind of a, over, a quick overview of IFS therapy. And that's something I've been fascinated by recently. It's really helped me function better as a human, but also it's relevant to the inner child. And because it's, whenever you discover these little children inside of you, it's not just leaving them there. It's recognizing what kind of parenting they need because they're still a child. And so then you get to be a parent to them. And even if you only had one inner child, you still get to be the parent to them. And the Artist Way book talks about that too. Julia Cameron is constantly explaining how you recognize what your inner child needs. And then you as the adult, take care of that child. Like the child's begging you to let them go outside and play. So why are you sitting at a computer? Like get up and take that child outside. But also as an adult, you know that you need to sit at the computer. So then that's when you get into this parenting relationship where you're like, okay, we're going to play outside for 30 minutes and then we're going to come back inside. <laughs> you start talking to yourself like a, like a parent and a child. And by treating it like a parent-child relationship, you can have more peace and get way more accomplished than if you're just sitting there in agony. Like, why do I want to go outside? But I shouldn't go outside because I got to work and then I shouldn't work. The minute you make them like people, you can start actually, well, you know how to be in a relationship with another person. So it's turning the voices into your head into people that you can actually like work with. <laughs> mm, so sense? cool. I love that. I, there's a similar thing that I've heard to what you just talked about that I learned about, which I feel like it's almost mirroring it. It's parallel to what you're doing uh, with shadow work. The same thing where you like take your shadows and once you recognize your shadows, then you give them a name, whatever it may be. So I have a, a, a people-pleasing Sienna and I used to shut her down and shadow her and not pay attention to her. But once I gave her, once I brought her to the table, which is why I think about this, once I brought her to the table of like the, the parts of my personality that I really like, and the parts of the personality that is shadow, once I brought them to the table, I was like, okay, well, what task can you have in my life? Then it started to balance out because I was still the head of the table, but I was giving them all tasks and kind of balancing out. So there's not that crazy dynamic in your brain like you're talking about. So I really like that. That's a cool Absolutely. Yeah. In IFS, we refer to those shadowed parts as exiles. Mm, yeah. So you identify that parts of you are exiles and parts of you are protectors. And 
that's usually how the, the whole system works is that there's a part of you that realizes she's got her feelings hurt. So I'm going to do everything I can to make sure we don't feel that pain. Or I'm going to protect you from her. And so the therapy work is where you get to come in and you befriend the protectors. Yeah. So they'll eventually let you access the exile. Mm -hmm. So it's probably really similar to what you've learned because all these different uh, sciences and approaches and concepts and models that people are coming up with are all dealing with the same human body. Yeah. So we're, we're experiencing the same thing and we're just calling it different things. Yeah, isn't that cool? I love that. <laughs> yeah. So cool. Yeah, it's really juicy stuff and it's super relevant for when people are exploring their creativity, like to bring it back to your podcast topic. When people sit down to create, I see this a lot in the artists that I coach, they get blocked because they're so stuck in the adult mind and they don't know how to connect to that child. And what's happening is there's all these protectors in the way. Mm -hmm. And all the child is hidden back there. All the children are hidden back there, wounded and afraid. Mm. So it's using these different types of therapy methods or the artist way, which is a 12 step kind of therapy program in the form of a book that help people slowly, rather than just sitting there like trying to force themselves to be creative, they have to realize that there's a huge system. Like there's a huge, like when they say they're blocked, there's, a bunch of personalities and, and parts of themselves that are holding them together. So rather than trying to like smash through, they can like talk to them and slowly work their way through and eventually access what it is that they're trying to tap into. And then the creativity will just flow. Amazing. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I feel that been there before for sure. Yeah. I love that. So I guess for your own journey, um, what have you experienced personally in regards or like a, a situation where you've had to self-parent or something that you've had to overcome? Um, if you, if you would like to, and feel open to share. My... Also, hi, a really big one. If it's your roommate, hey. Oh, that's, that's a friend. <laughs> um, so a really big one has been, well, now I'm a singer and I sing in public and I publish my music and it's a joy. It's not a problem. But it used I used to be really blocked to the point where I wouldn't let anybody hear me sing. Mm. And I didn't really sing in public at all until I was like 26. Wow. So when people meet me now, they find that really shocking considering that I'm so public about it now and like all my music's on Spotify and I perform on stage and, but it was completely blocked down, like throat chakra shut down. Um, and it was really secretive. Like I didn't, nobody even knew that I liked singing or music. So when I kind of came out of the closet and I was like, <clears throat> attention everyone, I really want to be a professional musician. <laughs> even, my, even my mom was, and my cousins and my aunts and everyone were just like, I didn't know she likes music. <laughs> and, um, I'd spent my whole childhood in my car singing hmm. like at the top of my lungs. But if anyone was in the car, or if anyone was in the house, I would like zip it. Um, so in retrospect, I realized how much I had shut down. There was a fear of being seen, a fear of being heard, a fear of failure. If I really like acknowledged what I wanted and went for it, 
that I might not be good? Like, what if I'm not good? I've never sung for anybody. <laughs> I think I'm good. Um, and then all of that issues of being good and why do you need to be good? What does good even mean? So it got to a point where that was so painful to live that way that, um, and I won't go into the whole story. I actually have other places that people can find that story if they're interested, they can contact me. But like the way that I broke through that really specifically. Um, but it was a lot of painful, deep work to, to get to the point where I was willing to finally sing. Mm. And um, so sometimes it's kind of what we want, like that creative, the child wants so desperately to express themselves that they find a way. It's like kind of like a child running away from home. They so desperately cannot take the situation there anymore that something drastic happens. Um, and then the reparenting part has come in where um, me, uh, I need to give a little more context. So when I was 26, I started singing and I was shy and my nervous, I was nervous to sing, but I would do it. And I started singing in public more and more. And then I was out on stage. And then this year, 2020, during the quarantine, I moved in with my parents for five months and my throat closed back up immediately. Mm. And, and I was also having this negative self-talk. Cause I was like, what is wrong with me? I've become like a singer in the public world and now I can't sing again. Like, how have I gotten back to this place? So when I moved out of my parents' house in September, 2020, I began the process over. And that's really where I've experienced this reparenting because that's when I started doing the IFS therapy. That's when I went through the Artist Way book again. And I realized, um, I don't know why, I still don't know exactly why, but there's a little girl that got her voice shut down and spending time at my parents' house reminded that little girl to like come up. And so as an adult, I can go through my chakras and be like, is your root chakra? Like, are you grounded? Do you feel safe? Okay, like you've got your finances in order, let's move up. And I went chakra, chakra, chakra. Um, by the time I got to my throat chakra, energetically I had healed enough to be able to sing fully again. Mm. and um, I know I'm throwing multiple things out there but it's because I've used their different ingredients in the healing process like I'm going through the artist way book I'm doing the IFS therapy I do chakra meditations and it's like all of those things are looking at the whole system so that it can heal mm. and um, I want to tie it back to your question which was my experience of the parenting the inner child because that's how it is if you're parenting. You're not just feeding the child. You have to look at their diet and their food. You also have to look at their socialization and who are they spending time with. You also think about where they're gonna go to school. You also have to think about what their hobbies and their talents are. Like there's, the child is so dynamic. You as a parent have to look at all of it. So doing that for my inner child, I'm like, am I getting the exercise I need? Am I getting the food I need? Am I hanging out with the right people? Am I reading the books? Like, is everything along the way putting me in a situation that will allow my voice to open up? Does that make sense? Amazing. I am so appreciative of you just to share all that. Um, I So Sienna is a fantastic singer. Whenever she's over watching Thanks. my child, 
she's like Mary Poppins and she's just singing and oh, <laughs> it's, it's such a joy and I'm so grateful that that my child gets to have you <laughs> um and I I personally I I resonate with so much of everything you just said and um I actually just started taking singing lessons back in October and it's it's been helping me get more confidence and I've been feeling my throat chakra open up more and more. And uh, I actually started taking these lessons because I knew we were going to start a podcast. And, um, and not only did I want to learn how to sing and I heard that, um, that by the time you're 30, your, your vocal cords are, <laughs> as a motivator are going to be more established. And that's not quite sure. It's you have your thirties is where they get established. And um, so I was like, I, I'm 28. I got two more years to take singing lessons and, and find my voice. <laughs> and so I, I felt that time pressure too. So I've had this really great transformation of, of starting to sing more and find more confidence in my voice, but then also my, um, uh, yeah, my ability to channel and to speak from my heart, my truth. And I've been moving just a big block between my heart and my throat chakra and it's been really exciting. And right before you said about you visit, are you living with your parents? I I just visited my parents in Arizona um, the other week, and I felt the exact same thing. I my my throat is back to being closed, and I have a singing lesson tomorrow. <laughs> and um, and so yeah, that's that's truthfully something that I want to investigate, and I so appreciate just all of those those different mirrors of what I'm excited to, to tap into and to look into and seeing those different inputs of, yeah, what, what are those dynamics when I'm with my family and when I'm not with my family or when I'm with Sienna or when I'm not with, or, or when I'm just in my car and seeing what those inputs are. I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so happy that we have you today as our guest and I'm getting so much value out of all of your, your, um, share and personal work. So thank you again for being. (laughs) I love that. I'm going to write it down before I forget that. Thank you for being here. Well, I believe we should probably transition just for time's sake um and i, I guess w- we will be putting links and everything at the end for yeah. shell wild so you'll be able to find her and more of the information and we're going to put all the links of what you've been talking about as well so we're gonna, what what's next on the agenda my dear yeah i guess um so the next thing we're gonna be talking about is intention setting for 2021 um but and just more, more just an open-ended reflection but I guess before we get there talking about our inner children talking about creativity the energy and the essence that is us this is our unique signature what creativity what you offer and you put out into the world either through your voice the vibration that you put out through a piece of art or color or music or just being, or just being, <laughs> just being, yeah, just, just showing up in your day-to-day, the transmissions that you emit, you are, what are you emitting? You yeah. know, are you opened? Are you blocked? Mm-hmm. Do you, so 
I would love to point really quick. Something's coming up. Uh, an something, a story that happened to me. So I'm very naturally, my child is like, kind of like, uh, starred. I'm like, I did want to be a famous singer. I love the stage. I, I very much love having the center of attention. I always have. And, um, as I've grown up, I was picked on a lot as a kid. And so my friendship circle wasn't very stable until I got into like junior year of high school where I found the stage. Drama geeks, they're my number peeps. <laughs> but um, because of that, if I wasn't around people that I knew, I would then get shut down and I would protect myself and just not do anything too crazy. But my natural being, if I am honest with myself, what makes me smile and what makes me feel light and in that space of truth, that's what I like to call it, is truth alignment, is to be silly in public and is to be goofy. And like, I'll be going like, down the grocery aisle if I'm in a really good mood and really not really not having too many issues with the protection side I'll be like dancing it down the aisle or like my fiance won't find me because I'm stretching in the middle of the line at the grocery store or like you know because I just don't care because this is who I am so something happened the other day it was really interesting where I was doing Uber Eats and I went into a restaurant and I was waiting for the food and I sat there and I heard a song come on and I absolutely loved the song and I just felt it. It was almost like a salsa dance. You're like, yeah, oh yeah. And you can't help but move. But there was a couple other people like waiting and their vibe was very much like in their phones, you know, like just kind of keep your own bubble. Nobody like pay attention to me type of thing. And it was really hard for me not to imitate that because that's what the group's doing. So obviously I need to do that to fit in. And if I, if I move right now, then, oh, what's gonna happen? And so I took a moment to check in because I was like, well, what is gonna happen? I might actually make one of those people smile or look up for a moment and be in the present and that's exactly who I am. And that's exactly what I want to do. And so I just like said, screw it and start dancing. And I slowly got into it. And then I was like, really jamming, like <laughs> in it to win it. And then I didn't care. I didn't even care at the end of that if they were looking or not, because it wasn't about them. That was just my key. Because I know that's the insecurity. That was just my key to unlock so that I could open myself up and just be and so that's why the reason why I was saying just be is important sometimes you know yes so yeah and just as you're talking I'm so glad you shared that story you make such a good point that um I guess the way I see it and we don't have to talk in terms of like energy or whatever just in a very fundamental logical way if we have you know several people around the world that are, that feel happy inside, that feel joyous inside, that feel free and fearless to express how they truly, you know, feel inside. And especially in those moments where they want to just ex 
band creation and like sing or dance or do a little jig or do yoga in an airport. Like <laughs> been there. <laughs> yeah. Just that, that I love that, you know, even you have no attachment to what they did, but the idea that you could potentially inspire someone else just by being your raw and true self mm-hmm. to do up, to do that. And if we had, you know, more and more people around the world that felt free and then didn't feel burdened by the fears or insecurities or those blocks that they've, they've, they've had throughout their life, you know, and we would see a major, um, a major energy shift (laughs) and dynamic externally. And And I I was just going to say one last thing. We've talked about this before. It's just, yeah, your internal world. And this is what we're saying as, as you are a divine creator, your yeah. internal world projects outward and you create your reality, <laughs> what you receive back too. And yeah, and you inspire others and you affect others and you are like a drop in a water and you just ripple out. Yeah, which I think works perfectly that if you're wanting to set intentions for the future, then the real question is, which I feel like this is where we're all leading up to right now is like, if you're wanting to set intentions for the future, it's, it's less about the external intentions. I mean, of course, but like, what does that internally do for you? Like, where are you feeling aligned with that? Is that, so if I wanted to still be a famous singer, then like, does that feel right? Does that feel where I need to be? Okay, then take the action to do so. And yeah. so, yeah. And setting intention has to be first, okay, where is my true self? Which is why all that inner child work is so important because how are you supposed to have the answer for where you want your creativity to spill out of you if you don't even know where it's coming from inside of you? So, yeah. I'd love to speak one thing about the dancing in the supermarket oh go for it (laughs) from the perspective of the inner child um that's where you your inner child or you or you blended with that child is wanting to dance and then you see that couple who's buried in their book or they're looking uncomfortable and understanding that they also have that inner child yeah and if you were a child like a physical child they might be a lot more open Mm. and how often adults who are really stiff they see a kid and then they they get a little goofy they're like making silly faces and then they talk to an adult and they're back to being like Mm. adult-like wow and i think it's because that adult feels safe with the child because the child is the child so they, it's like two children can connect. Whereas the, the child within them felt shut down in some way by adults mm-hmm. or by other children or something was threatening. So that, um, you know, if, they, if you were to run into a child that reminds you of a child that was mean to you in your childhood, you might not be super playful with them. You might actually feel really uncomfortable around them. So it's like gravitating to the people where we feel safe. And so I just think it's really beautiful to not only think if I'm my authentic self, if I'm being my inner child, I'm going to brighten this other adult's day, or maybe I'll make them smile. Like that's the surface level. And then the deeper one is I'm showing friendship to their inner child. Like I'm a kid. You want to come out and play? Mm. 
And you might not reach them or see any difference on the surface, but the more people that they see being like that, that inner child will be like, maybe I'm on a playground and it's actually really safe to play. Yeah. But I think at the moment where we see the stiffness, it's because a lot of children are hiding inside of adult bodies thinking it's not okay to play. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Thank you. I love that. I resonate with that. Yeah. You said key. It was like a key that helped you change your behavior. Yeah. So it's when we think as adults, I feel pressure. Like I'm like, I'm an adult trying to cheer up another adult versus like, no, no, no. I'm just a kid. And I know there's a kid in there. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it takes all that pressure away and gets you on the level of like, you're the one acting weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Who doesn't want to dance to that freaking awesome song right now? Come on. You know, you're feeling it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. I, I <laughs> and for anyone that isn't oh. aware, there's, um, I, something I've been really appreciating, especially about Bellingham, and I'm sure in Seattle too, um, there's just this conscious wave of like having events that are around being conscious. So ecstatic dances, maybe like acro yoga, um, and then, you know, other ceremonial kind of things or gatherings and festivals or whatever, where the intention is you don't have to do drugs and you don't have to drink to have <laughs> fun and to be expressive and to tap into that, that, that playfulness and that joyfulness yeah. and, um, and having these, just these sacred places to go. Um, I mean, I know with our pandemic right now, it's, it's few and far between to be able to experience that, but um, when we, you know, when we open back up, I'm so excited to go to a static dance mm -hmm. and their full moon dances and, um, get, get back in touch with this, this sacred energy of people being their conscious selves mm -hmm. and healing and moving through those, mm -hmm. those blocks and those fears and mm -hmm. every, I mean, even, even when I'm in my car and I'm singing and I still, I'll still have those, like, oh, if someone's driving by, they see me singing, I'm like, I don't care. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's always going to happen, but it's just that continual like regulation and um, having friends that you can be expressive around yeah. and that can hold safe space for you. Or even if like you're in a car and you're on like a road trip with someone and you're like, I'm going to sing. And I know that I'm not really in tune all the time. But I'm going to do it. <laughs> but and I'm half sorry, not sorry. But I'm going to do it. So naming it. And just getting that that insecurity and that, that sticking, uh, you know, energy. feeling inside, yeah. just shifting that energy, um, I think is just a really powerful tool too. True. Totally. You've made me think of two things I'd love Go to share. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Piggybacking on what you just said about the car. Um, when I was clearing my throat chakra and building the courage to sing, the first time, like when I was 26 and I was like, for the first time, I'm going to like come out of this closet. I, I made a hierarchy or a priority or a intensity level, like a list of ways to sing in public, like singing on stage with a thousand people listening is high on the list. Whereas singing at the stoplight, when I know the person next to me, that's still scary. It's still singing in public, but it's lower on the list and singing in the grocery aisle, singing in the shower and I know someone else is in the house and can hear me. 
like those are lower level, but they're still terrifying. And so I identified those as stepping stones. So rather than putting this big pressure on myself, like you got to just have the guts to step on stage. It's like, well, why don't you first master singing at the stoplight? <laughs> and then we'll move up and we'll, we'll move up. My first time performing after, after that, <laughs> I went to a nearly countryside road where a car would drive by maybe once every five minutes. And I sang on the side of the road with my guitar because I was so scared. And I was like, I can't sing on the street in the city busking. That's too much. People will hear me. <laughs> but if someone just drives by in their car, that's just terrifying for me, but I can handle it. Let's do it. And people would go slow down and listen and then they'd drive off. And so like once I did that, then the next day I went to a busier street and a busier street until I was actually on a street with people walking by. So for anybody that's, whether it's singing or any other kind of creative expression, identify what your vision is for what it means to do that thing. And then actually find out all the little ways that you could just integrate it into your life and figure out what your, your fear level or your tolerance level is. Like, where can you start that you're not going to totally freak yourself out? Like, okay. And it's also a volume thing. You can say, I'm going to sing in the shower. I know someone can hear me, so I'm just going to whisper, but tomorrow I'm going to sing a little louder and then I'm going to sing a little louder. And you just realize every time you go louder that the world didn't end. And then you'll hit a point where you're like, actually, like, I'm just going to belt it. And then you, you, you belted it and you might come out of the shower and either someone's going to say something like, that was awesome. I loved hearing you sing, which will boost your confidence or they won't say anything. And again, you'll realize the world doesn't end. Um, and then you're ready to take it on to the next challenge. So that's just like kids, right? Like you don't learn how to write a novel right away. You learn how to write the letter A. So giving yourself the little tiny steps. Um, the second thing I wanted to share was uh, another layer to that meeting the adults in the grocery store dancing. Um, my husband and I go to a lot of festivals, concerts, and raves, and we are very um, active in the crowd. So we'll constantly be moving through the crowd, dancing with strangers. Um, and part of the joy we get out of that experience is brightening people. Like we'll see people standing there just staring at the musicians and my husband and I will be like, let's go like cheer them up. And so we'll go over and you get a whole like array. Some people see you coming and they're like, yay, new friends. And then some people see you coming and they're kind of shy, but then they're like, oh, they're friendly. And then you have some people that are like not into it. And that's where it gets really interesting because if they're stiff and they don't, they kind of give you this signal, like, I don't want to dance, leave me alone. Sometimes people really mean that. And they like, you keep dancing with them and then you're like, oh, I get it. Okay, bow out, leave you alone. And I usually am just like, I don't know what's going on in their life, but they're not ready to socialize right now. And, um, but that's pretty rare. Most of the adults that are like, I don't want to dance are just the little moody child. That's like, I hate you, mom. And you're like, really? How much do you hate me? And you like poke at them and then they start trying not to smile. And then finally they're like, fine. And then they dance. <laughs> and then you realize that like, if you had gotten caught in your insecurity, like, oh, they don't want to dance with me. 
and you'd given up, then that would that beautiful exchange would have never happened. But when you stay really rooted in like, I know what I'm doing is a good, beautiful thing. And there's a person in there who would love to dance with me. So I'm just going to like hold steady and like keep looking them in the eye and being like, are you sure you don't want to dance? Are you sure? And then they're going to crack. And then you're going to like bond and hug it out. And they'll probably like hang out with you for an hour and then be like, thank you so much. I really needed that. And you're like, yeah, I know. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Right. But you can only deliver that experience to them if you go into it with the mindset of like, there's a person in there that wants to connect and I'm going to be the, like the North star, like I'm not insecure. And if they don't receive my gift of connection, it's not about me. It's because they really are not in a place to receive that. Yeah. And then you move on to the next person and you're like, bye. And you go find someone else. Cause there's like 5,000 other people that are desperate to dance. Yeah. Like they came to a show. So, <laughs> um, I wanted to, raise my hand and share that one. Cause I think that's probably one of the most powerful lessons I have for humans is that we all deeply want that connection and we want someone else to go first. We want someone else to lead. So if you can find it in yourself to be the one who dances and goes up to other people and realize they are feeling insecure. And if you can just hold out steady and be strong for them, then you get to have that connection. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't, rem- I like humble pride here. I, I can't so like humble pride <laughs> definition is a term that we're both Leos. <laughs> of course we created this. And when you want to be humble about something, but come on, you don't have to be prideful. You just, you can just, you just give yourself some self-love. You That's deserve right. it. You That's deserve right. it because you're a queen. Humble yeah. Pride. <laughs> humble pride. We're continuing technical difficulties. That's okay. So out of humble pride, I'd like to say that every single time that I've ever been in those really exciting moods and been in a hundred percent me and, and gone and taken that person that's shy. Cause I totally was that person in high school that was going to all the shy. Cause I had all the guy friends. So I go to all the shy guy friends on the side and be like, come on. Come <laughs> um, but through my life, I can't count how many people have come to me years later and been like, thank you for like being confident and seeing things like the way that you saw them because it inspired me mm-hmm. to like be confident and be in my own. And I'm like, really? Cause I go through a lot of stuff. So it's funny cause you don't even know that you're doing it sometimes and what impact you're making on people little by little totally planting seeds. So yeah, yeah. you have no idea what impact you have on people. No, that's, that's the beauty of beauty of life for sure. Yeah. Um, side note, I'm going to put this out into the world. We're going to rave together someday. (laughs) Also, we're going to take Sienna to her first rave because yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) She's that like, that's important it's really important to go to a rave oh I know I know just haven't happened yet <laughs> oh man the way I've been getting by through this pandemic was like last night staying up till five and doing a rave in my house um yeah mm. has been literally that just like doing dancing having like one friend over yes uh, and I turned down the lights and I have a light whip and I dance in my living room with a light whip and I'm just like, look, I'm almost at a rave. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I got my keep it, boy, keep it alive. my belly dancing outfit on. Yeah. And I've been borrowing Sienna's blue wig. <laughs> I did like this like neon makeup and we had like a UV light and that was pretty bad. Play. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we should ask these yeah, questions. And- yeah. Yeah. So um moving into yeah, some intention setting for 2021. Um we offer that uh, this week, um, we're wrapping up the end of a year, <laughs> the year 2020. And um, yeah, I, I truthfully, I took time for this. I cleared out my entire week to only uh, focus on creative stuff, play and reflection and just really soaking into this time and preparing myself for this upcoming year. And um, so we just want to invite the audience and, uh, and Shah as, as well into, you know, taking time this week to honor and reflect um, what came up for you in 2020, the growth that you've had. And, um, and yeah, maybe if it feels, you know, resonate with you, uh, I mean, I'm sure New Year's Eve is going to be pretty low key this year. <laughs> Maybe having uh, a ceremony of releasing, as we were talking about in the beginning, releasing yeah. the past um, and or, you know, something very specific in your inner being or outer life, a person, a relationship, what, whatever it might be that you feel that isn't serving you anymore and that you're ready to to take it to the next level, or even if it's just this baby step that we've talked about before, like what little baby steps, what maybe one of these awesome resources that Shaw's um, been offering during this podcast series episode, uh, you know, what, what's been inspired, what kind of action can you take? Um, And I have some prompts that we can either discuss uh, or I can just share. And this is something that I'm going to be bringing up in my women's group right after this. And um, so I used, I used three years in regards to this intention setting um, because the solar eclipse that we had last week, um, it was, it was really around like, what, yeah, what, what shifts, what are you trying to create over the next two to three years? And with our amazing abilities of reality creating that we have for our internal world and for ourselves. Um, what also do we wish and hope for the collective? Because at just a drop in the ocean, we are part of the, coll- the collective. So I'm gonna offer a couple of these questions. So what do you hope for or envision for the world, for this collective over this next year in 2021? Maybe, and then if you'd like to write on that, think on that, pause the podcast, maybe take some time. And then I'm gonna also say, yeah, next two to three years as well. And then the next question is, what do you hope for for you (laughs) over this next year in 2021? And then again, two to three years. Awesome. Yeah. Do either of you want to touch in on any of that as well, either in regards to ceremony or attempting to, to answer either of those questions? 
I'll let Shaw go first unless she doesn't have anything. I can do it. Oh, spotlight. <laughs> That's cool. I'm ready for it. Um, I've been thinking about how dehumanizing happens. And dehumanizing can lead to things like genocide. It's the direction that we don't really want to go in, where where there's more separation, I'm different than you, polarization, civil wars, everything falling apart. So the opposite of the unity, it's disunity. And so I'm really in favor of the unifying. And, <laughs> you know, I like that. Um, and so when we're in, you know, the political situation happening, the cult, just politically, culturally, um, parents, children, like all relationships, because it's all just relationships. It's relationships with countries, relationships with states, relationships with people and uh, families on all these levels. Are the relationships, are they separating with the choices we're making or are they coming together? And um, this concept of humanizing, dehumanizing, as we move apart, it's like seeing it as us and them or other. And maybe it's just the yoga teacher in me, but I'm just as much excited as, as I am about inner child. I'm excited about inner light and the namaste concept of there's a light in me and it's the same light that's in you. And to, to educate people on that concept is my own personal mission at the moment. Um, it's like meeting adults and helping them realize they have an inner child, meeting humans and being like, did you know that we're the same on the inside? <laughs> like, and they want to talk about politics. And I'm like, yeah, 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 that's, that's the details. But on the inside, we're the same. And some people understand that. And some people aren't seeing that because they're seeing on the surface. So um, the, what I would wish for the whole collective is that there's more people seeing that so dehumanizing doesn't happen, that we would stay like understanding the humanness in each other more and more to the point where you'd be like, I disagree with you so much, but I see how much of a person you are. Mm -hmm. So I'm not about to kill you about it, even though this might drive me insane. Like we got to find a different solution. And um, I've been reading the book called The Second Mountain by David Brooks which is a beautiful book for people who are learning how to serve, how to serve other people. And right towards the end of the book, he says that when you have people who are separate, the way that you turn them into one people is by having them build something together. So the example in the book, which is great, is there's a, there's a political leader and he's there to mediate the leaders from two different countries that are disagreeing. And so they have their like political meeting over dinner and they're disagreeing. And before they leave the house, the mediator diplomat guy says, mm -mm, mm -mm, you guys are washing the dishes together. <laughs> and so it's taking these political people that are so opposed and suddenly they have to team up and someone has to wash and someone has to dry and they're humans. And so it's like looking at there's a lot of stuff we don't agree on, but there's just basic human stuff that we can build together. Mm. And, and 
So that's the big vision is how do we unite and see human humanity in each other? And then the personal thing is in the work I'm doing, how am I shining a light on the light? <laughs> so people realize that that's inside and then giving people opportunities to build stuff together. Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I would just clarify my last statement with giving people opportunities to build something together can be as little as um, like when I'm teaching a yoga class to have one of the things that we do is to have everyone team up to um, in my yoga studio, I have a lot of rocks. So I, I have everyone, I ask them to build a rock tower before mm -hmm. class, Cool. which is great for getting their mind to be concentrated, but also if they have to do it together, then it doesn't matter what their political beliefs are because just there in the yoga studio, they got to build something together. So that's a very small way to start. So cool. Love that. Love that addition to your yoga class, by the way. Absolutely yeah. love it. So, so awesome. I do that with my child, like mindful practice classes. I do that same thing. I've done a couple uh, classes on that and I uh, have a, <clears throat> these kids, I, I usually, cause we'll have different ages and I'll have, <clears throat> I had this class I did with like three different grades and I separated the grades because developmentally when you're at like second to third or first to uh, third grade, that's pretty big. <laughs> so I took a drawing that I drew. I had really big drawings, three of them. And then I had each group go to that drawing and make a story together and then color it together and have to communicate and like figure it out and everything. And it's so funny how quick you'll have like teams and like them coming together to create this masterpiece and everything. And I just, it's the same exact thing. I've definitely think that it should be something that I do. I believe that a lot of the stuff that I've made games of in my child my mindful practice can very easily be an adult mindful practice class. Just, I mean, it's just the same thing. Like you're talking about, we all have that inner child inside. That's like, I want to play. Do you want to play? Maybe we could play together. <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, I, I will quickly, cause I'm actually just going to like piggyback off of yours. Cause I kind of had similar, I actually just recently, as I read to Senna recently, I just had gone on winter solstice and did a download of senses. So I took, it was this amazing ritual where you take crystals that connect with your third eye specifically or your upper chakras and um, you make each one represent one of your senses. So clairvoyance, clairaudience, etc. And then you grab that one and you focus on that sense and then you download whatever comes at that time. So a lot of the things that I got were about the collective uh, in hearing. And the biggest thing that I got was connection, foundation, build that connection, be with those people, solidify like your, your meaningful friendships and everything. Cause this coming year is going to be a big one and it can either be unified or super duper rocky. And it's, 
up to us individually to make the choices of which way we want to go because we all have free will and we all have the choice to choose which way one or the other uh, so my hope and the vision for the world over the next year um, and continuing forever is healing um, healing and balancing accepting and loving one another like i i heard this i read this quote recently that just perfectly explained it is i can still what was the first part of it i can still uh i don't have to like like you to like still love you so there was more to the quote yeah, I can disagree but, with you oh i can disagree with you and still love you and i also mm, don't have to like you yeah i, I also love you <laughs> yeah and it was like it was so perfect because that's how i feel so much and people i'll be on my instagram and i'm like i love you have a great day and i really do mean it and you know some people because they have those shadows that they need to heal will go very defensive and be like how can you love me and i resonate with that because i was there before i've absolutely been there in my lifetime like in this lifetime i've absolutely been there but i've shifted to a point where it's like no i really do love you and you've gone through your own journey your own perspective and you were meant to go through all of that and sometimes i'm not going to understand at all any of it <laughs> and i don't have to i still love you like i don't have to and that's the thing i think we need to like step into collectively is we all have and we talked about this in another podcast we all have a puzzle piece yeah, we all have one puzzle piece to the bigger picture. And some of us are hiding that puzzle piece because we are shamed and feeling and feeling like we can't show it because people are going to bash us for showing our viewpoint and showing our lessons we've learned. And so what I hope and envision for this upcoming year and this future is healing that dissonance and starting to be curious about the collective, be, be understanding and, and just being an open heart and open mind as much as possible, not being pushed around, but open heart and open mind. And yeah. And I just love what you said, because you brought it kind of down action wise by saying like the way that we do that is by building. And I love that. And I think that just putting those two together is just so powerful. Um, and then for me, what do I hope for for the next this next year? Uh, I've got a lot of creations going on myself and I guess on a smaller picture, I hope the same thing as I do collectively where I'm just working on healing anything that is and letting go of anything that is no longer serving this upcoming year. Uh, not I, I allowing myself to step out of my comfort zone 
and continue taking those baby steps, which is my mantra, by the way, baby strips all the way. It is all the way. So when you were talking like that, I was like, yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> Baby steps are the way to be. And some people do need to take those big leaps, but that doesn't mean sometimes we're going to take those big leaps in our lives and then fall back. And that just to not have that shame and to continue on forward. Yeah. I would say also for a lot of people, the big leap is taking the first baby step. Truth word. Truth word. And it might feel really big. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's a great yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, okay. I'll, I'll share uh, what I, what's coming through for me. So what I hope for and envision for the next, for the world over this next year and coming is um, something that's been really on my heart and mind and spirit lately has been the idea of sovereignty, of um, us individuals claiming back our power and realizing that we have all that we need within our own self. And we don't have to rely on anyone else externally, whether that be the government or your parents or a relationship. And you have, and you can embody that all and your soul knows the map to for 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 getting back into that and and things don't happen to you they happen for you and they anyway i'm not trying to preach i'm trying to say (laughs) that yeah i i envision people finding their sovereignty and another part of this unity as well i see like and i'm observing and just loving loving over the past few years more and more people and and divine beings finding this blurred the the lines are becoming blurred in regards to like the masculine feminine having certain gender roles having you know very very cut and dry roles of what you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to show up and just saying no bye felicia (laughs) and embodying what is true for you and your soul Mm. and being able to live and from a place of i i I don't want to use the word authenticity but right now it's just that's that's what's truly coming through and so yeah i i love this this unifying opportunity and light that is accessible to us and yeah, may we, may we find that these lines become blurred and we find more and more union and um, the dismantling of particular systems or patriarchy that, you know, we're, we're ready to find a more proper balance in our systems, in our world, in our interactions, in our relationships, in our community, in our country. In our families. In our families. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I serve that purpose and embody that purpose internally as well. And um, and I guess what I also hope for myself over this next year is to continue. I mean, I'm so inspired by the resources that you've you've given me tonight, Shaw. Um, I want to continue my journey of opening my throat chakra and and really putting myself out there, being being you know this little fish. From a small pond, I'm in a big pond and it's kind of scary and I'm going to grow. And, but I'm really excited. (laughs) 
And um, yeah, I, I hope for me over this next year hmm, to just, I got, I got the night card, you know, he's just this, we did a tarot reading yesterday mm -hmm. and um, yeah, may I just continue on fearlessly and, you know, maybe there'll be mistakes, maybe there'll be setbacks, but um, may, I, may I continue, may I take each step. And um, the idea of beingness, I love that. There's a mantra uh, that my, my teacher, one of my teachers brought to me into my life of I am being here more and more. And I feel that, I feel like each and every day that I live in this time and space in this 3D realm, I'm finding myself more my spirit, more room, and I'm being here more and more and embodying that. And yeah, I hope for me to continue that and for Earthlight to grow. And this is something between those two questions. This is a co-creation with the divine, with our, with our collective. And this is, um, I, I just put my whole heart and soul and energy into hoping that this is a unifying experience for people. Mm. Okay. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing all of your hopes for yourself and the world and the collective and witnessing mine. And yeah. Yeah. That was beautiful. What a great way to end y'all. Yeah. I, I guess, is there any other, oh, we should ask her her question and then we'll do some final shout outs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sure. I feel like all, all your, yeah, I, I mean, if you feel like there's anything else that you're feeling called to share with our earth-like yeah, community, share with our earth-like community, please do. And if not, then we'll just end this. No, she's got something. <laughs> I, I always have something. <laughs> um, an invitation. I would like to invite anybody, both of you and anyone who's listening to contact me to set up a, a call, like a Zoom call or a phone call to talk about artist coaching. And that call, it's like we can talk for like 20, 30 minutes and that's totally free. And just if someone feel, if someone else feels called based on anything I've said, then I'm super open to receive and um, be here to help people. So I just want them to know that's available. Mm. And they can do that by going to my website, shawwild.com. Awesome. Excellent. Thank yeah. you. And yeah, do you have any other messages in regards to like, this is your spirit, your channel, your message to the world? Breathe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Wonderful. Hmm. Okay, so yeah, some final shout outs. Um, uh, again, yes, uh, you can find Shaw at her website, shawwild.com, and that's www.chawilde.com. And we'll have her Spotify, her website, her Apple Music, YouTube, and Instagram links in our description, so you can check that out. Um, and also I wanted to just give a quick shout out to my new work that I, um, just posted last week on our Earthlight, U Earthlight Cafe, 
podcast on YouTube channel. I created a sub channel um, for for my my own offering. So it's Senna's Earthlight <laughs> channel, and um, it's going to be a series on energy deprogramming, energy regulation, and spiritual ascension. And if any of that resonates and you're like, what are those words? I created a video explaining what those are. So go check it out. <laughs> Again, we'll have the links down below. Awesome. And what about you? Do you have anything you want to share? Yeah, I, I'd love to shout out. I am talking about baby steps in the present sense uh, business that I have on the side as well. I am finally diving into one of my passions, which is creating personal guided meditations for people. So if you feel called to that and you want to work with me, then uh, we'll leave a link down below, but essentially we're just going to have a chill conversation. I'm going to get to know you, type out some key words, and then like ask a couple questions and pull cards. And then I just create a meditation from five minutes to an hour to whatever you feel called. And it's a sliding scale. So please contact me if you want to know more information. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. And just want to say a big thank you to Shaw Wilder, our guest you. today. Again, thank you for being and thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you guys for being. Thank you. It's been an honor and pleasure having this first guest on our show. Yay! And just so excited to, to see where this flourishes. Yeah. Um, okay. Are we? Are, yeah. Yeah. All good. right. All right. Let's go. And thank you to our listeners and... Have a wonderful rest of your year. Mm. Truth. We'll see you in the new year. And breathe. And breathe. <laughs>